Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today I have news on a couple of big changes that may affect your finances, student loans, and flood insurance. So this is going to feel a little bit like a government podcast today because there are a lot of times we think that what the government does is much more important in our lives than it actually is day to day. And then there are days like today where decisions of the government really are important in so many people's lives and I want to start with the first development and it's something I teased about a couple of weeks ago because there were rumors that there was going to be big action coming on the public service loan forgiveness program if you're not familiar with this it is a program that Congress passed 14 years ago to incentivize people to enlist in the US military to become police officers firefighters school teachers and other public service capacities these are all people we depend on in various ways day to day and we tell them thank you and what a great job you're doing and all that but sometimes money is the best thing you can offer so in order to encourage people to go into jobs that might pay less, the Congress in its wisdom, and then President Bush signed into law, a thing where if you worked in one of these professions, being a soldier or being a teacher, police officer, firefighter, etc., that after 10 years of paying uh, what were known as income-based repayments on your student loans that the remainder of your federal student loans would be forgiven tax-free well the implementation of that got kind of messed up and the rules were impossible for anybody to understand and there were a lot of contractors that were servicing these loans who had unfortunate marketplace incentives to lie to our soldiers police officers, firefighters, teachers, and the rest, and cheat them out of the public service loan forgiveness. And then we had a really unfortunate series of events uh, with the former Secretary of Education, DeVos, who hated uh, forgiving these loans for uh, the various types of uh, government employees I described, like soldiers, and set rules in place that disqualified 99.4% of people who had paid in good faith from public service loan forgiveness. It was disgusting, reprehensible actions by the U.S. Department of Education and implementation of the intent of the Congress and the President 
in 2007 to provide this incentive. And basically, we lied to our brave men and women of the U.S. military. We lied to our police officers and firefighters and teachers. Well, now the lies being overturned with new federal regulations going into effect that are basically going to wave through a huge number of people. Initially, it appears to be about 500,000 people who should have, under the intent of the Congress, had their student loans forgiven tax-free and now will have them forgiven tax-free. There's going to be things you're going to have to do um, even with the new simplification of you being given credit for payments you made in good faith, you're still going to have to jump through some hoops. And as soon as the exact step-by-step procedures are clear, we will publish at Clark.com and on our military pages as well at Clark.com a simplified guide to how you, even if you've been denied by the U.S. Department of Education, how you will apply again for loan forgiveness and receive it. So I know there are people who very much object to any form of student loan forgiveness, that it is a privilege reserved for a portion of the U.S. adult population that roughly uh, 30 32 percent whatever of Americans have a college degree and so those without one are subsidizing those with one but it was the intent of the Congress and it was the promise made to our public service workers that if they did their part and served our country our cities our states that they would have their loans forgiven and now that promise long denied the forgiveness they were cheated out of is now on the horizon. So this is very, very good news. There are things you're going to have to do by the end of October. Halloween, Halloween, trick or treat. This is going to be a treat, but you're going to have to jump through those hoops during the month of October as soon as the procedures are clear, we will have them for you. And I will mention this again later in October so you don't miss that deadline. So this is good news about a program that has frustrated me so, so much because I am so grateful to those who choose to serve the American people in various ways and accept a lower paycheck for doing so rather than what they might make in a traditional private employer kind of job. And we made a promise. It's time to keep it. Krista. Okay, Clark, let's go to some questions. This is from Joe in Illinois. Chase recently made me agree to updated terms of service in order to access my account online. There were like 50 pages of updates, and I was in a hurry, so I just hit the agree button. Do you know what the updates were? I don't know what the changes were in the Chase terms of service. And I just read a story about how unbelievable 
it is when these big corporations chase the biggest bank in the country. When they issue new terms of service, 50 pages long in that case, that these are potentially what are known as contracts of adhesion, which means that you and I as consumers, as the weaker party in the situation, that we are essentially powerless. And it is a broken part of the relationship between consumers and businesses with the change in terms and conditions. There was a story in the Wall Street Journal just last week, just this week, about how the nation's airlines will do this same thing and that every change in what's known as the contract of carriage, which is their version of terms of service, that every change has been anti-consumer, every single one. And it is a problem with these very, very large enterprises we do business with. And so, Joe, the question I would have for you, why are you doing business with the nation's largest giant monster megabank? I mean, you know, the whole thing with banking is that banking is going through enormous change right now. And there are bank-like organizations opening up that eliminate all the junk fees and all the hassles of dealing with a giant monster mega bank. And you've got credit unions and then the online banks that don't have all the gotchas that you're used to with the particularly the four giant monster mega banks, which are Chase, Citibank, Bank of America, and that criminal enterprise impersonating a bank, Wells Fargo. Okay, Clark, this is from Randy in Connecticut. Since Credit Karma tax is becoming part of Cash App, should we worry about our information being migrated? Randy, this is a great question, and I've been wondering what's going to morph with Credit Karma, which has run a really clean organization since they were sold. And so I don't know. So far, they've stayed clean. And, you know, Credit Karma gives you a bunch of stuff for free and has access to such sensitive information about you that the trust is their most important important currency. So I'm hoping that with the change in ownership that things do stay straight up and clean for you as a consumer. But if it does turn out that Credit Karma, with any of its operations, including Credit Karma tax, which is where you use Credit Karma regardless of income to file your income tax returns at no cost, I hope that they will have the foresight to keep it clean. But if they do mess it up, I will make sure that I let you know. This is actually an update, Clark, from Cody in Pennsylvania. I recently asked you a question about ways to speed up my passport process. I contacted my local congressman, and his office reached out to the passport agency on my behalf. The time from when they contacted the agency to when I received my passport was 11 days. Thank you so much for your help, and I will be now be able to go on my trip. So, Cody, you got to send us pictures of you wherever you end up on your international trip, on your vacation. And to the good, we're not hearing as many complaints about 
lengthy delays, uh, extreme delays happening with passports when people have paid expedite charges. If you don't pay expedite charges, the delays are still unbelievable numbers of months in getting a renewal passport, but it's fantastic. That's what's known as a congressional, where the constituent service office for a congressman or a senator contacts a federal agency on your behalf and is able to get the bureaucracy to respond. Uh, Krista, we should share that you did this standard thing that I talk about a congressional four months ago, whenever it was you and your family were going on a trip. And even with the help of your congressman's local office, it did not get your passport to you in time for you to be able to take your trip. Right. <laughs> so it's you were ultimately able to take your trip with change fees. And we're not going to cry a river for you because you no, didn't have a great trip. And you got to see rivers. You got to see rainforests and mm -hmm. all kinds of the Pacific Ocean coast. All this wonderful stuff in Costa Rica. Just awesome. not, when, not when you intended to go. Nope. <laughs> but I suggest if you are somebody who historically traveled internationally and you've been basically grounded for two years now, you want to check to make sure your passport will have six full months left on it for a trip that's been long delayed that you now want to book and know that you need a good long time to get your passport renewed. Passport office says six plus five, 11 weeks to get one expedited, which used to take three days, and it's taking as long as five months to do a standard renewal. So speaking of, this is the all-government podcast today, just about other than talking about the giant monster megabanks. So straight ahead, there are new rules around flood insurance that if you live in a low-lying area or near a coast, you need to know about these changes. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. More and more of us, as we urbanize as a country, are living in areas that prior did not have flooding issues and now do. And more and more Americans live at or near one of the coasts. You think about how much coastline or shoreline we have in the United States. It's massive, all the way down the eastern seaboard, then around the Florida Peninsula, the Gulf of Mexico, all the way uh, across, uh, let's see, we got Alabama, Mississippi, 
Louisiana, Texas, all bordering the Gulf of Mexico. Then we've got the whole West Coast along the Pacific shoreline. So we got a lot of people, huge percent of the nation's population, living in vulnerable corridors on the coast. And then throughout the country, as we urbanize steadily more and more and more, we cut down more uh, vegetation, more trees, we pave more, we build more. And some more and more areas that are a little low-lying maybe are either now going to be in flood zones or are prone to flooding even if they're not in a federally designated flood zone. So the federal flood insurance program, a dirty little secret about it, is that people who live in the heartland but live in lower-lying areas have been subsidizing very wealthy people who have magnificent beachfront estates. And the Congress decided that that wasn't right. And so in what's known as rating 2.0, what a catchy term, new rates go into effect for flood insurance Friday for anybody buying a property who wants to buy flood insurance. And for those who already have flood insurance, in the spring, in April next year, the new rates take effect. The effect of the new rates is people who live directly oceanfront and near the ocean who are in property subject not just to hurricane damage from above, but flooding from below, those premiums are going to go up, up, and away. On the other hand, people in more moderate risk areas who have been cross-subsidizing, paying more premiums than their calculated risk to help out those rich people on the ocean, they are now going to see lower premiums. It is a complete fruit basket turnover where the premiums now, as much as they possibly can be, are going to be set based on the best calculation of risk that your individual property represents. The people that are going to be in a buzzsaw are people who live on a coast, maybe not in fancy housing, maybe not oceanfront, but still represent high risk of flooding, who are middle class, are the ones that are going to really have bill shock. Because if you are in a really, really high-risk situation, you're going to see your premiums go way up and could exceed what you pay for a mortgage and what you pay for other things involved with your home. But it is going to be a major, major change. And uh, it, I'll tell you who benefits the most from this. People who live in an area that is now more subject to possible flooding, but is not on the federal flood maps as an at-risk property. But you know how the patterns have changed in a storm, how much water ends up on your property. And you just want to be careful you buy flood insurance. Your premium is going to be very affordable. On the other hand, even away from the coast, if you're along, let's say, a major river, and you're in an area where you're at ultra-high risk of flooding, 
you also, like the people on the coast, are going to see your premiums go up. So again, the federal flood insurance covers you to a quarter million dollars. This program exists because homeowners insurers do not cover risk from flooding. And if you have a mortgage, your mortgage company is going to require almost always that you have federal flood insurance. And so this is something that your existing premium if you know you're in a high-risk flood area, you got to be prepared that come next spring, you could see a significantly higher premium, and you got to be prepared to pay it. Krista? Mark in Georgia says, A few months ago, I booked a trip from Atlanta to Costa Rica on Southwest Airlines. The fare was a round trip in the mid-500s. The trip was going to connect in Houston. Atlanta to Houston connection was canceled. They said they can put me on a flight on a different day or offer a refund. Unfortunately, I have all my hotels booked and moving days is not possible. They will not offer flights on another airline, and if I were to get a full refund, I would have to pay two to three times as much on a different airline. Is there anything you would suggest? This is really, really ugly, and this goes back to something I said earlier about the change in the terms of service from airlines which knows the contract of carriage, Southwest and all its competitors now no longer protect you when they cancel a route, discontinue a flight or whatever by what they used to do was it used to be interline pricing. And let's say Southwest would cancel this flight. They would then buy you a seat at a negotiated rate that there was like a wholesale rate airlines had among themselves they would put you on somebody else, and instead of inconveniencing you, they'd inconvenience their wallet at Southwest and get you to your destination. Today, and it's just the way it is with the contract of carriage, all the airline is required to do is refund your money and say, go have a nice life. It is, it is brutal, and what I'm going to suggest there have been some very good fares to Costa Rica recently from Florida cities. This is going to be a real inconvenience with your trip, but I recommend that you check what's available to Costa Rica from Orlando or Miami or Fort Lauderdale. You can fly from Atlanta as you can most anywhere in the eastern half of the country to Florida cities really cheaply, you will probably be able to put Humpty Dumpty back together again at a similar price to what you were paying Southwest in the mid-500s by buying one ticket to a Florida connecting point, a second ticket hopefully on the same airline, from that Florida connecting point to Costa Rica. And that is the best suggestion I have for you, Mark, and a problem you didn't cause but you're the one left to clean it up. From Ann in Texas, my husband and I both drive used Subaru Outbacks with over 150,000 miles, 2008 and a 2009 respectively. We love our Subies. We have general conversations about our next car, but worry about the current lack of inventory and supply chain disruptions. I feel we should continue to repair what we have until things get better. Neither car lists over $3,000 Blue Book value, 
but I see repair as a way to keep someone working versus paying big money and interest to a large bank. The dealership usually gives a loaner if we take the cars there for repair, so we both have transportation during the wait. Hubby thinks we should start looking now. Your thoughts? Your hubby should know that you're always right and that you do right now want to keep your vehicles on the road. Your Subarus, even though they are uh, considered to be really old, 2008s and 2009s, they have very, very low total miles on them at 150,000 miles. And I think you do continue to repair as needed and keep them on the road. When you think about what a payment is per month, the cost of vehicle ownership now, when you buy a new vehicle, is averaging over $900 a month. When you consider all the costs involved with buying a new vehicle, you can pay for a lot of repairs on those nearly fully depreciated out Subarus. The supply-demand equation with the vehicle shortages will correct over time. Nobody can tell you exactly, is this going to be in the spring of 22? Is it going to be in the summer of 22? Is it going to be the end of 22? But I think the odds are extremely strong that the severe shortage of vehicles will moderate or be over sometime in 22. So you don't have to keep the Subarus running forever, but try to nurse them along through a necessary number of months into next year. From Greg in Oregon, I celebrated my 70th birthday and had decided quite some time ago to follow your advice and wait to take my Social Security until I reached this somewhat golden age. My first payment would be in August, my birthday month, but I've discovered that the Social Security Administration has a policy where they pay a month late. So my promised first check for August came in September. My September check will come this month and on and on. In the grand scheme of things, as I look down the road, I've ultimately been cheated out of one whole month of benefits. Am I missing something or has the Social Security Administration found a way to scam all of us seniors by delaying that very first payment by one month and then never getting caught up? What's up with this, Clark? So, Greg, you're right. They do rip you off. You're paid in arrears, so that's why you don't get, even with your 70th birthday in August, you don't see the money till September. I want to tell you, though, you were beyond brilliant that you waited till age 70, and more and more people are tuning in to why you delay receiving Social Security till age 70, because the imputed return by delaying Social Security year by year is roughly 8% for every year do you delay. People worry, hey, if I wait till age 70 and I croak at 71, I forfeited all this money I would have received. And it is true. A certain number of us are going to be unlucky with life's lottery on longevity. But the real concern is that you live a really, really long time and you baked in for that entire time by taking Social Security at 62, 63, whatever, that, or even your normal retirement age, is that forever you're going to get a greatly reduced check. In your case, because you waited till age 70, it means that for as long as you live, you're going to get a much, much larger check than you would have received otherwise. And I'll tell you, there's no way I'm taking Social Security 
before I turn 70. Speaking of money, did you know that I am giving cash away? I didn't know I was that generous, but that's right. We have a sweepstakes going on right now at ClarkDeals.com slash contest. You can win $500 right now from my wallet right here. I'll peel. Oh, I don't have $500. Anyway, you'll win more than what I have in my hand. You see, I got a dollar bill here. Um, We will make sure that you are entered into the contest. Check it out at ClarkDeals.com slash contest. And thank you for being with us today.